Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Sorry about the delay in episodes recently. I had an unfortunate case of the coof. As you can hear, I'm almost better, but I'm still a bit scratchy, so... Yeah, sorry about that. Today we're jumping into r slash let's not meet for episode 236 of the best show on the internet, the RR Show. So grab your tea and your comfy blankets and let's go with our first story from you slash Lerdrit1. To the Satanist in the forest, let's uh, not meet. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I live in France, and this story happened to me this summer, just after the lockdown ended. I was and am still 19 at that time. After the lockdown ended, I went to my grandparents to spend a few weeks. I got tested before and no problems there. My grandparents live in a small city in the north of France and they have a dog who's quite a big dog. When I was really young, I lived at my grandparents for a year and at that time the dog was only a puppy. Her name is Chippy in French, which means little devil in English, but in like an affectionate way. Considering when I was living there I played with her a lot, we are both really close, and that will be of importance later. Two of my hobbies are having long walks and running. Thus, every evening I was going out for a long walk with a dog. There's a track that follows a path through the forest, then there's a small hill on top of that and a big place with lots of fields there. I run there a lot, so I know the place. The air's fresh and the view is quite beautiful. So I was going there with the dog every day. It was also helping my grandparents to have her doing lots of exercise. The first time we went there, nothing special happened. We just enjoyed our walk. It's about 6 or 7 kilometers, so basically an hour's walk. The next day, when we arrived at the top of the hill in the field, it was probably around 10pm, but there was still some light because it's summer. There was three other persons walking in the fields. They were younger than me, probably about 15, 16. I also noticed they were smoking, so my guess was that they used to come here so they wouldn't be seen by their parents. We went past them, I greeted them, and they greeted back. Once again, nothing special there. For a whole week, I did this walk around the same time, about 10pm, and passed those three guys with nothing special happening, and it was perfectly fine to me this way. The second week, as usual, I went for the walk with Chippy and arrived at the fields. There was only one of the three boys, and he wasn't smoking this time. When he saw me, I was at the entrance of the field just after the little hill climb, so the entrance of the forest was just behind me. He did a sign with his hand to catch my attention and asked if I had a lighter, which I actually had in my pocket, so I told him, yeah, sure. He walked over to me with his hand in the pocket of his hoodie. 
When he came near, for some reason I felt a shiver. It's crazy how sometimes your instincts knows there's a problem, but you don't listen to it because nothing looks weird to you. I handed over the lighter when he passed by. At that moment, my dog was staring at him. Then, everything happened really fast. He did a really fast movement with his hand coming from the hoodie, and I only saw something shining. I just had a reflex of throwing myself back so hard that I fell down, and I just realized it was a knife he was holding, and he just tried to stab me. What saved me is my dog, God bless her. When she saw the guy trying to stab me, she jumped on him and he fell down. As I said before, it's a really big dog. I immediately got up to my feet and heard something in my back from the entrance of the forest. I saw the two guys wearing animal masks running to me. They were probably his two friends. In this moment, your brain acts for yourself. You don't think at all. And in this case, the answer he found was really simple. The other guy was still on the ground. I just watched my dog and told her, run. I started running and she followed me. But I heard the worst possible thing from the guy who got up as well. Catch him! Don't let him go! At this moment, I was totally terrified. I was running, running. I was hearing them running behind me. I was only thinking, how long will they follow me? Who the hell are they? This was the first time I was really happy to be a runner. I was clearly better than those guys and that totally saved me because they chased for something that felt like an eternity to me. Fortunately, at the end of the field, there's another entrance to the forest and this time it's a descent with the road at the end. I heard the step of the three guys vanishing as I arrived at the end of the forest, though I didn't stop running until I arrived at my grandparents' house and locked myself in. I caught a big breath and gave a huge hug to my dog. I saw in her eyes that she totally understood what happened and I'd never been so happy to have her in my life. After that, I told everything to my grandparents. We called the police, but they didn't find anyone. I don't know what these guys wanted, but the animal masks make me really think it was some kind of Satanist. I really don't know what to know anyway. I still do long walks with Chippy, the hero dog, but I now go earlier and to places with a little more people. Our next story today is from The Bringer of Nachos, The Smoker in the Woods. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This story happened about two years ago while I was in university working on my degree in biology. I'd signed up for a trip to gather samples for an experiment some students in the ecology department were trying to run. 
It required the collection of samples from several sites, so they recruited biology, ecology, and forestry majors to help them complete the sampling in a shorter period. The area my group was to take samples from was a few hours from my uni in the Pacific Northwest. There are nine of us in my group, eight students and a supervising professor. We got to the campsite in the late evening and set up our tents. One of the other students had brought a big container of split pea soup from home and was sharing it with the others on the trip. I don't really care for split pea soup, so I declined the offer. Everyone had some except me, one other student and the professor. Come the next morning, the five students who had eaten the soup weren't in the best of shape. They were in the grips of some gnarly food poisoning and were in no shape to hike for eight or nine hours to collect the samples we needed. The professor who was supervising us had originally some rules such as people traveling in groups of at least two, and we had to return to camp by nightfall. Now, those rules were tossed out to make sure we kept our timetable and collected all of the required samples. We were just told to do your best to complete the work assigned as long as you can do it safely. That morning, I set out for a long day of hiking. After a mile or so, I ran into the stream I was supposed to follow. I needed to travel about four miles upstream, stopping every quarter of a mile to collect samples of the water and soil. This meant I had to hustle to get back before dark. Halfway through the day, I realized that wasn't going to happen. About two miles into my hike, I stopped for lunch, sitting on a log overlooking the stream. The scene was really peaceful. Until I smelt the cigarettes. It wasn't the smell of a cigarette being smoked, more the musty smell of a heavy smoker's car when cigarette butts had been left to ferment for weeks on end. I looked around but couldn't see anyone. I just assumed that the wind had blown the scent of some hunter or hiker over to me, but minutes later the smell hadn't faded. The vegetation in the area wasn't that thick, but there was still a lot of places for someone to duck behind a tree or bush. I was unnerved that someone was apparently staying close enough to me for me to smell them, but without saying so much as a word. I quickly packed up the trash from my lunch and continued up the stream. The musty cigarette smell went away for the next few hours. It wasn't until I arrived at my last sample location late into dusk that I smelt it again. The woods were getting really dim by this point. Looking back on it, it was a stupid idea to stay out so late as just hiking back to camp in the dark would have been pretty dangerous even without the cigarette-smoking stalker. Having just put the collection tubes in my bag, I shined my flashlight around the darkening woods looking for whoever was giving off the smell. I didn't see anything that caught my attention. It would actually be more correct to say I saw too many things in the dim light that might have been a head sticking out from behind a tree or someone crouched low in the foliage. I didn't like the idea of being in the dark woods with a stranger who, for the second time, was lurking near me without revealing themselves. So I began to double-time it back down the stream. I made much better time on my way back down, though it was dark because I didn't have to stop to take samples. Even so, I didn't get back to camp until a bit before 10. I was the last one to get back and everyone but the professor was already asleep. I didn't mention the cigarette smell to the professor because he seemed tired as it was and headed to his bed in the RV soon after I got back. I headed to my tent soon after. At some point in the night, I woke up needing to pee. 
I decided to head into the woods to do my business as I knew some of the other students were still feeling ill and needed the RV toilet for more urgent matters than just having to take a leak. I walked about 100 feet into the woods, found a tree, and did what I needed to do. As I turned to go back to camp, something caught my eye. Somewhere off in the woods, there was a tiny red glow. I was confused to what it was until it flared momentarily, and I realized it was the cherry of a cigarette. I stood there for a while, watching the red ember glow fade then moved slightly closer to the ground as whoever was smoking would take it out of their mouth. Not being able to see the person, I assumed they were watching the camp. I didn't know if they had seen me make my way into the woods or not as the fire had been doused and the moon was only half full, so there wasn't very much light. I made my way slowly back to the camp as quietly as I could and entered the RV to wake up the professor. I told him about the person smoking in the woods and about the smell of cigarettes earlier in the day. However, when we got outside the RV, the ember from the cigarette was gone. My professor woke the other students, who hadn't come down with food poisoning, and we took turns watching over the camp. I didn't see or smell anything else when I was on guard duty and went to sleep when the professor woke up for his turn. In the morning, the professor, the other students and I, went to where I guessed the smoker had been standing the night before and sure enough found about 10 cigarette butts on the ground next to a tree. The tree itself looked like someone had been twisting and stabbing a knife or other sharp objects into the bark and the outer layers of the wood had been damaged and chipped away. The professor decided that the group should head back that day even though we hadn't collected all the samples we were assigned to be on the safe side. We packed up camp and drove down the thin dirt trail without incident. The second we got onto the paved highway, a white panelled van pulled out of a clearing just off the shoulder and began following us. This van stayed behind us all the way back, pulling off the highway when we did, taking the same surface streets that we did and only stopped following us when we turned onto the road leading to our university campus. Everyone was freaked out by this but it was around 9 at night on the weekend, so the security office on campus was closed. We decided to unload the RV and call it a night as the van hadn't followed us onto campus. I offered to help the professor catalogue and store the collection tubes from our trip, so it was another couple of hours before I left the biological science building and started heading towards the dorm building I lived in. I stepped out into the cool night air and began walking, my professor having left the building in the other direction to get to his car and drive home. It was a couple dozen feet outside of the building, which was now locked, when I was hit with the musty smell of old cigarettes. I looked around, and about 25 yards away in the darkness of the footpath, I saw the cherry of a cigarette smouldering away. I was pretty scared at this point, but hoped it was only a student or some faculty staying late having a smoke. I couldn't completely convince myself of this as the musty cigarette smell was the same as I'd smelled in the woods the previous night. I started down the footpath and soon passed whoever was smoking. A hundred feet or so later I looked over my shoulder and saw the cigarette cherry bobbing in the darkness. The smoker was following me. This creeped me out a bit more, but I still held it together. That is, until I rounded a small strand of trees and saw a white panelled van parked alone in the parking lot. I took off at a sprint toward my dorm building. 
I looked over my shoulder a few steps into my run, and I saw the cherry of the cigarette fall to the ground and a dark shape beginning to move after me. I didn't look back again, but I could hear someone running in the grass off of the footpath. I got to the entrance to my dorm building and frantically waved my keycard in front of the card reader that controlled the door lock. As soon as I hear the soft beep, I open the door, jump through the door, and shut the door quickly. I stopped and peered through the glass door. I saw the dark shape stop just short of the lit pathway. I just watched for a minute or two, then I saw the spark of a lighter. The light is just barely bright enough to illuminate a shaggy beard and brim of a baseball cap before it disappeared and was replaced by the red glow of a cigarette. I turned and headed up the stairs to my dorm room. By the time I get to my window overlooking the same yard I had just run through, there is no trace of the dark figure or a cigarette cherry. After that, I didn't see that white panelled van again or smell that musty cigarette smell. And I hope I never do. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit secumd.org today. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.